thanks to all of you for coming this evening. I hope and pray that when the sermon is over and the whole service is done, that you will say it is good to have been here. I want to use a famous country western song to introduce a scenario that will introduce the theme of tonight's sermon. A young man was heading home after work. It was almost dark, and he almost did not see. There was a car with a, as he went by, he could see it was a gray-haired old lady that was pulled off to the side and apparently stranded. And uh, so he immediately pulled over and backed his old Pontiac in front of her new Mercedes. And when he got out, he could clearly see that she was rather alarmed. And he set her mind at ease with a great big smile saying, "Uh, Don't worry, I'm here to help you. And by the way, my name is Joe. She had a flat tire, which was no big deal for him, but it was a big deal for an old lady like that. And so he proceeded to change the tire, skinned his knuckles as he tried to find a place to put the, uh, the jack, and etc. But as he was screwing the lug nut nuts on, she rolled down her window and began talking to him. She was from St. Louis, and she was on her way home just traveling through. And uh, she appreciated so much she could not think about what would have happened had he not stopped because people, uh, she'd been there for about an hour, and Nobody had stopped. And uh, how much did she owe him? He let her know that uh, all his life he had always just helped people. He didn't think about any money. And uh, that uh, he just wanted to help her. And then he said, if you want to pay me back, when you find someone in need, you render the assistance that she needs. And that's pay. He waited until she'd started her car and was on her way, and then he went home. It's been a hard day, but he felt good about what he had done. But that's not the end of the story. On down the road, there was a cafe. The lady was chilled because it was cool, and uh, she needed a, a bite to eat before going on her last leg back into uh, to home. And so she stopped at the cafe, and the waitress that came up, Uh, to wait on her, it was apparent she was about eight months pregnant. She'd been on her feet nearly all day. It was toward the end of her shift, but she was very pleasant. And the lady thought, how can a woman who has so little be so giving to a stranger? And then she thought of Joe. When she paid for her meal, she let the waitress go and make change for a hundred dollar bill. She just slipped out the door and was on her way. When the waitress came back, she wondered what happened. And then she saw a note on a napkin. It said, you don't owe me a thing. I've been there before. Someone helped me just like I'm helping you. If you want to pay me back, here's what you do. Don't let the chain of love end with you. Don't let the chain of love end with you. I want to, as best I can, 
Help us all to determine that we're not going to let the chain of love end with us. And I'm going to develop this sermon around three R's so that it will be easy to remember. Three R's. The reason, the result, and the reward. The reason. Why would we not let the chain of love end with us? Well, that's God's way of influencing people. Matthew 5 and verse 16 says to let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And so let not the chain of love end with us because we are glorifying our Father who is in heaven Plus, such is obeying direct commands from both the Old as well as the New Testament. Psalm 37, verse 23, or verse 3, says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Simply, do good. In uh, the New Testament, we find it's just replete with uh, passage after passage admonishing us to do good as we have the opportunity. Therefore, Galatians 6 and verse 10, as you have opportunity, do good unto all men, especially the household of faith or those who are uh, the family of believers. James chapter 2 talks about the need for seeing when you see a brother or sister in need, taking care of that. I'm going to read from James 2, beginning with verse 15. James 2, verse 15 says, If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to him, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself, But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. That passage should be ours. I will show you my faith by my works. Hebrews 13 and verse 16 says, do not forget to do good and to share with others. For God is pleased with such sacrifices. 1 John 3, verse 18. Dear children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in action and in truth. So don't let the chain of love end with you. That's the reason, because the scriptures admonish us to do that. But the results are also very apparent. Loads are lifted. And a lot of times, ironically, it is our load because we began to feel good about ourselves when we do good to someone else. Ann Landers had a woman that wrote in and said, I like your idea of encouraging people to do kindness. Last year, I learned a good way to reduce stress after upsetting an upsetting confrontation with a rude sales clerk. I got in my car to go to the bank, and I was so angry I couldn't see straight. On my way, 
I passed a donut shop and impulsively stopped. I bought a dozen cookies, took them to the bank, and gave them to the tellers for their coffee break. My anger was immediately dispelled, and I felt good the rest of the day. That was the first time I performed a random act of kindness and have since made it a habit. When I get upset or angry, I change my mood by doing something thoughtful, generous, and totally unexpected, and the results are magical. And I agree with that. So that's another reason. You don't let the chain of love end with you. You you give to other people as best you possibly can. Jesus also is imitated. In fact, uh, the full uh, scenario of Jesus' life can be hammered out in five words found in Acts 10 and verse 38. He went about doing good. He went about doing good. He did everything that he could wherever he went, doing good. And we're told that we're to walk in his steps, First Peter 2 and verse 21. And so that is the reason. But let me tell you something. Sometimes souls are saved as a result of it. And I realize that doing good deeds does not necessarily teach the gospel. I understand that. But it certainly cultivates the ground so that the seeds of the gospel can be planted. Let me tell you a true story about a, a man that went to Africa. He was a Christian, and so and he was a medical doctor. And uh, But he went because he wanted to be able to share Jesus. Well, the chieftain cut him off right at the very beginning. says, I don't want you to say anything about Jesus. So he complied. But as the chieftain observed him caring for his people, the day came when he sent word to the man and he said, now, tell me about your Jesus. I really believe that that should be our philosophy. Let me tell you, my wife would would, uh, agree I, I practice what I preach there. I'm going to do everything in my power to try to influence people with the Jesus who I trust lives in me. I want them to say, there goes a good man and I would like to emulate some of the things that I see in him. People, every one of us should be that way. That's not an ego trip. That's just doing what Jesus wants you to do. And so I suggest to you that that's the result. You will turn people to the Lord. But then lastly, there is the reward. Because I believe that what goes around comes around. Luke 6 and verse 38 says, give. And it shall be given to you, shaken down, pressed together, and running over, shall men give to your bosom. Galatians 6 and verse 9 says, Let us not become weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap, if we faint not. I have here a true story. If you've not heard this story, you're going to say, That is incredible. His name was Fleming. Now, I want you to remember, I'm not making this up. This is a true 
provable story. His name was Fleming. He was a poor Scottish farmer. One day, while trying to eke out a living for his family, he heard a cry for help from the nearby bog. He dropped his tools and ran to the bog. There, mired to his waist in black muck, was a terrified boy screaming and struggling to free himself. Farmer Fleming saved the boy from what would have been a slow and terrifying death. The next day, a fancy carriage pulled up to the Scotsman's sparse surroundings. An elegantly dressed nobleman stepped out and introduced himself as the father of the boy that Farmer Fleming had saved. I want to repay you, said the nobleman. You saved my son's life. No, I can't accept any payment for what I did, the Scottish uh, farmer re- uh, replied, waving off the offer. At that moment, the farmer's son came to the door of the family home. Is that your son? The noble asked. Yes, the farmer replied proudly. I'll make you a deal. Let me take him and give him a good education. If the lad is anything like his father, he'll grow to be a man you can be proud of. And that is what he did. In time, Farmer Fleming's son graduated from St. Mary's Hospital Medical School in London. He went on to become known throughout the world as the noted Sir Alexander Fleming, the discoverer of penicillin. Years afterward, the nobleman's son was stricken with pneumonia. What saved him? Penicillin. The name of the nobleman, Lord Randolph Churchill. His son's name, Sir Winston Churchill. What goes around comes around. He was rewarded because he did not let love end with him. Sometimes enemies are destroyed by making them friends. Romans 12 verse 21 says, do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. 1 Peter 3, verses 10 through 12, says, Let him who means to love life and see good days refrain his lips from speaking guile and let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears attend to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. John Bunyan, in Pilgrim's Progress, wrote, You haven't lived today until you've done something for someone who can never pay. Let us determine that's the life that we're going to live. So we're paid, the the reward is from people, but the reward also is from God. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 42, we know the passage. If anyone gives 
even a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, he shall certainly, that's no American standard, he shall certainly not lose his reward. Acts 20, verse 35, give and it shall be given to you, or it is to, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And then 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 58 says, Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 and following, says, Instruct those who are rich in this present world, not to be conceited or to fix their hope on uncertain riches, but on God, who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do good and be rich in good works and be generous and ready to share. I end with a passage of Scripture, Matthew chapter 25. As Jesus is talking about the judgment scene, and he will go through verses 31 through 40, and he will say, I was this and you did that. I was this and you did that. And he went through everything that uh, people should do. And the people would say, when did we see you this way? And he said, for as much as you did it in the least of my brethren, you did it unto me. And then in verse 41 and following, He will go through again, only this time, he says, I was in prison and you did not come and see me, and I was in need, and you did not do those things. And he finally, at the very end, puts the capper, verse 46, and these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. And it's all predicated upon us being what the Lord wants us to be. I read one time, do all the good you can in all the ways you can to all the people you can for as long as ever you can. Don't let the chain of love end with you. What if church membership was determined like we do our politics? And you had to run for office to be able to be a member of the Lord's body. And it was dependent upon what you did. Would you be elected? I think that that's... And let's say that it has to be every year. Every year. Would you be allowed to do that? I'm going to end with a true illustration of a man. I say it's true. It, it was in, a, in a, a publication that I have checked them out before. I did not get to check this one out, but I believe that it is true. This medical doctor never married, and uh, he, he, his heart was in helping the poor people, and he was in a, a kind of a ghetto of a big town, And he didn't charge for his labor, just uh, 
whatever one of people wanted to give, what they could give him. And so he had to have cheap rent. And so he rented a place above a liquor store. And there was a sign at the bottom in front of the liquor store that said, Dr. Williams is upstairs. I want that to soak in. Dr. Williams is upstairs. When Dr. Williams died, he did not leave anything to be able to even have a, a, a burial. His friends and his patients that loved him got together enough for his funeral. But there wasn't enough for a memorial stone. And then someone had the idea, let's take that sign in front of the liquor store and let's put that on a post. And it made a very fitting epitaph. Dr. Williams is upstairs. People, I want to leave a legacy where there is no question when I pass this life that whoever will have anything to say concerning me and the life, the legacy that I live, that they could say, here lies a very genuine Christian. Now, people, if you cannot say that, perhaps there needs to be some adjustments. And we're going to offer an invitation. I was asked, will you offer an invitation? Yes, we're going to offer an invitation. And uh, we would ask that if there's anyone that has any need whatsoever, we have an elder here, and I think the the uh, protocol here, instead of coming forward, is to, for an elder to meet you at the back and uh, take care of your needs there. So as we stand and sing this invitation song, if you have a need, would you please let that be known?